0: Welcome to Future Docs Podcast.
1: My name is Hadron Mizani. I'm a family physician, chief clinical officer at AC Medical and
0: your co-host of Future Docs Podcast. And I'm Cody Fan, your other co-host. I'm a healthcare writer and editor at AC Medical. Since 2007, our team has
1: helped uh, over 1,000 Future Docs become licensed physicians here in the United States. And, and collectively, they're treating over 20,000 patients daily. So we wanted to share
0: their success which is our success with you. Every week, we interview physicians and other experts, asking them for tips and secrets that will save you time and help you avoid mistakes as you compete to be the next future doc in the United States. For today's topic, episode two, how to secure last-minute interviews. Continuing with the timeline that we spoke of on our previous episode, January is traditionally where we see the taper off of residency interviews, but this does not mean no more altogether. For those seeking To secure last-minute residency interviews, Dr. Mazzani. where can listeners start? Thank you, Cody.
1: I think of myself as you residency candidates, and what would I do if it's January and I want more residency interviews? The first thing I would do is I would look at the list of all the programs that I applied to and find out which ones have not contacted me back, have not given me a rejection, or have just kind of put me on a waiting list and I will contact them. Now, this may seem counterintuitive. Well, of course, you know, you can contact them, but they already got your application. What are you gonna say different? Well, the challenge is that a lot of them just haven't had a chance to even get to your application. It's not humanly possible. There is typically one two, maybe three people in a residency program looking at residency applications. That's on top of their full-time job of being residency coordinators at a program, you know, managing 10, 20, 30, 100 residents. So it's, a, it's quite a daunting task. So you want to draft a really brief email, quickly introducing yourself and, and drawing a connection between you and the program. Why did you apply to them? Don't make it sound generic it's got to be very very specific you know if you reside in that state if you have a family member who's a physician there if somehow you're connected with that program something that connects you to them which is you know probably the reason you apply to them for most for others you know maybe you took a shotgun approach and you applied to all the programs but you still want to find a connection between the two because That's an interview question. Let's say that you do contact them, and let's say they do give you an interview. If you don't deal with this question right now of why did you apply to our program, you're going to have to deal with it then, so deal with it now. And if they do reply, fantastic. You already got it going. So make sure you email every single one of the programs, follow up with a very quick phone call, and you got to keep calling until someone picks up the phone. It's a game of stamina. You have to call at least 8 to 10 times until the coordinator picks up the phone. And when the coordinator does pick up the phone then you want to refer them back to the email you just sent whether they would give you a few seconds to pull up your application while you're there on the phone don't leave messages don't have them call you back don't call from an international phone number and see if you can make it happen during that time it's a few seconds of your time you know that could make a world of difference in your residency application so that's one way to secure that's the best way to secure last minute interviews the next way to secure last minute interviews is through identifying programs that don't participate in ERAS or programs that don't participate in NRMP. And you'd be shocked to see how many of those programs do not participate in NRMP or ERAS. And that's gonna be the subject of our webinar, which we're going to be having
0: this Friday. So not gonna say much more about that. I invite you to come and register for that webinar. You can find more details at acmedical.org as well. Just so that I could touch base, you mentioned that if you are able to get in contact with programs via the phone, have them review your application. You've mentioned, as you and I have spoken before, sometimes you get the interview right on the spot. How do you make sure that goes smoothly if that is indeed offered to you? Be prepared. The phone call you're making is the start of your
1: interview. And so if they pick up the call, that's the start of your interview. How do you want that phone call to go? How do you want to present yourself? And so the more practice runs that you have, the more programs that you call, the more people that you speak with, the better you're gonna get and that's why this has to be a full-time job for you for the entire month of january and possibly early february and you're gonna mess up you're gonna mess up the first few times and it's totally okay as long as you're yourself as long as you're not fabricating or trying to frame the scenario you will be fine you just have to work on your interview skills and of course if you want some practice call us. Uh, We have interview prep
0: services that we can assist you with. And what if they give you the option to schedule an interview? Is that something that you would prefer? Of course. If
1: they give you the option to schedule the interview, that means they like the conversation or they like your application. And of course you want to go ahead and take it, take it earlier. The sooner that you do this interview, the better. Why wait? I've actually seen interviews get canceled. Those that are too far into the future.
0: And just so that I can bring up the topic of courtesy interviews, something that we've heavily covered in the past when you directly contact these programs, does this count towards courtesy interviews if they are offered, or how can you kind of gauge that? Yeah, great question. Courtesy interviews are are those
1: interviews that was not done through the natural selection process. And natural selection process is typically the clinical coordinator. And the coordinator looks at the application, and if the coordinator likes what she or he sees, then they either give an interview on the spot or they pass it down to residents also take a look at it, whatever that process is, they're going to preserve that when you call or when you email that a courtesy interview is when someone that you know, that knows somebody at the program, they call each other. And there is and they bypass the coordinator and that that introductory phase of reviewing your application. And the program director says, Sure, no problem, bring him on, I'll meet with him or her. That's a courtesy interview. Another type of courtesy interview is those same two people that knew each other outside of you. They knew each other. Program director says, sure, no problem. I'll give him an interview. And then you'll go through the entire interview process as if you were there and selected naturally. But it wasn't done through the coordinator. It was done through the program director who may not even have looked at your athlete. So those are courtesy interviews. They're dangerous. They really get our hopes up. I have three of them. Best and the worst thing that could happen to you
0: so you said that they are dangerous it's not something you would typically recommend as opposed to just contacting the programs yourself and getting the getting your application review
1: you know the reason why they're dangerous is because we put all of our eggs in those baskets we get so excited that we got this interview and then we just basically stop fighting we feel that this is it because we were able to get that interview that quickly we must have a chance that much to be able to get in what we are missing from that story is that you may have gotten the interview quickly. However, the selection at the end is the exact same. So your application may have fallen through the cracks and those really, really huge red flags may have been missed. They're going to come back up in the interview. They're going to come back up during the the selection process, which is a series of meetings that decision makers in a program have. It could be done through a numerical system. It could be done through, you know, in our two programs, we had a big screen and everybody would see the picture of this individual. Everybody remember what the interview was like. they would make comments. We would just rank them. And so it could be all sorts of ways, but it's going to show up somewhere. So if there is a deficiency in your application, you want it to come up earlier than later because it's not going to
0: go away. So that's why it's dangerous. Just to pick off a point that I heard is that You said right before they rank everyone, they review all of the applicants. This is another common question that I hear a lot of. Is it better to schedule your interviews earlier or later then? Yeah, that's the $5 million question. You know, I think you can make an argument
1: both ways for why you should do an interview earlier and why you should do one later. The only argument that I've heard for taking a later slot for an interview is, let's say that you really, really want to end up and match in a program and you feel like your, your interview skills are not that good and you want to go through an interview prep let's say you want to meet with me and you then you want to you know you want to go out and do a boot camp or maybe you want to do a mock interview and then you want to go through a couple of real interviews and you want to get some practice under your belt and then go to this interview i think that's probably the only plausible reason why you would want to kind of push the program that you really really like to a little bit later time so that you perform really well but other than that, I think that the sooner you get these interviews, the better it is because you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. Who would have known that the pandemic was going to happen? Nobody knew. So the sooner you get these interviews out of the way, the better. And as I mentioned before, interviews have gotten canceled. I've seen that happen before, too. So the sooner
0: you do it, the sooner you'll be on their list. I agree. So I believe this cycle they offered a lot of waitlist interview selection dates that weren't always a guarantee. I also wanted to touch base on the other branch. Let's just say you have reached out to programs, you're successful, receiving interviews this late or is this considered too late? Is that something that should be worried about for future docs? So those future
1: docs that are listening and it's January and you still do not have any interviews, interviews can still come. Remember that for the 2021 match, our interview season started five weeks late. So that theoretically means everything is getting five weeks more condensed. So technically speaking, what typically happened in December should really be kind of spilling over to January now. And, you know, we are still seeing interviews that are happening. Of course, the rate is lower. Had it been any other match here, no pandemic whatsoever. Usually 80% of the interviews are already gone by December. But that still means that 20% of interviews are still there, which is about the same number of interviews that were offered in the first two weeks of when the match application season started. So that's what you can really compare it to. Every year, we see some of our members that have had no interviews, they just get flooded with four, five, six interviews in the month of January. And that's either because of phone calls that they make and the follow-ups that they do with programs or the programs just, you know, they look at the the roster of people that they interview and they say, hey, look, we need we need more people to interview and, and they'll contact you. But uh, those that are the most successful are those that contact programs. So you got to contact programs.
0: Once again, I would like to thank you for your time, Dr. Mizani. Any final takeaways for those with or without residency interviews in January looking to secure last-minute interviews?
1: Make sure that you are calling programs. I know it's exhausting. I know you got a lot of things to do. But what is more important than you contacting these programs and getting interviews what's the value of a single interview even if you put full eight hours a day for the next four weeks and you get one of the programs that takes your application seriously and at least gives you an interview was that worth it and so i think for most of us the challenge is going to be where can i find the time to contribute eight hours a day in calling emailing gathering information who do i send the emails to what are the people at this program how do i personalize this email And so maybe you got to create a, you know, an A-list, a B-list, a C-list, a D-list. And if you apply to 300 programs, you know, take a stab at about 30 of them a day and in 10 days, you'll be done with 300 programs. And so that really makes it worth it. You know, definitely do that and create that spreadsheet and keep, a tr- keep track of what kind of follow ups you've had with each one of the programs. And it becomes quite a valuable piece of document and an asset to you. Secondly, make sure that you really learn about the programs that do not participate in NRMP, in, in because that is a whole other asset. That's, you know, what a treasure to be able to find for individuals that are looking for other ways of you know, finding programs and applying to those programs that just don't, you know, they're not taking the the typical pathway of of the main match. So make sure you come to our webinar. And if you're listening to this podcast or watching this recording after our January 8th recording, just jump over to our YouTube channel. And when you go there on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the final version of the recording of how to find non-NRMP participating residency programs, which was formerly called the pre-match programs.
0: So those are my two suggestions for you. Thank you, Dr. Mazzani. And once again, that concludes this week's episode. Thank you for your time, Dr. Mazzani. And for all future docs, this is the conclusion of our second podcast. We'll see you all next week. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out at info at acmedical.org. Thanks for listening in to
1: our episode number two. And for those of you watching us, thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.